Hello and welcome to another episode of Space Time Talko. I am your host Chris with Nate. And this is like the last 100% for sure episode with Nate uh, while he's still in the USA. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how things go with with time changes and shit. <laughs> um, just in case, I've already reached out to to two of our friends to see if they want to be guest hosts sporadically through the next couple of months. Um, both of them are very interested. Uh, one of them was hoping to be here today, but they also had things run over that they weren't expecting. Um, but yeah. Anyway, hey Nate, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you nervous? I am. Are you nervous. anxious, Nate? Nate, do you have anxiety? No. <laughs> I actually talked to my therapist about that. He's like, "You don't have anxiety, bro. You're not you're not constantly shitting yourself at all times of the day." No, that might um, be something else, man. <laughs> no, um, both nervous and excited, but it is. It's it's for work. It's not for pleasure. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be saying it in such a like anxiety-inducing questionability <laughs> sense if it weren't. Um, I, I plan on still very much being a part of Space Time Taco while over there. I, I like I said earlier, I rebuilt my entire computer just so I could have space to send it over there. Yeah, um, I'm probably gonna grab one of my work monitors since I have stands for those, and I don't know where the stand for the monitor I have now is. Um, and then my mic should be compact enough to pack if I just leave it on the stand, um, which I still have for it. So there you go. I'll have everything I need for streaming, at least off the PC. I don't know if I'm going to bring my full capture card for my Xbox and everything like that, but I'm not playing much on Xbox worthy streaming right now. Anyway, are you playing, uh, you're playing the robo shooter game on PC? Oh, okay. So, here's the thing. is As much as I was, like, console gaming for a while, I don't care about things like, say, our other friend Dave cares about, about getting achievements all the time and stuff like that. Yeah. The achievements still exist on Steam anyway. Man. You're just not getting points to show off to everybody. Yeah, man. Do they really count, though, then, in that case? <laughs> I mean, they still count. Other people can look and compare achievements with you and stuff like that. It's still got the same functionality Xbox does. For the most yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> But with me being able to say the flexibility I have on PC, the fact that I'm going to own that game now past the lifetime of just a single console is what yeah. matters to me. Um, and yes, there are compatibility issues with older games, but you can normally figure those out through emulation or other pieces of software or even deep dives into the game software itself and rewriting specific scripts or code that people have posted online. For well, I mean, think about how many games I've, even stream myself that I definitely it's because I'm playing it on the hardware and capturing it. That's definitely how I'm playing these games. It's oh, yeah. not any other non I don't consider it nefarious. If you don't make it so I can play this game in a reasonable sense, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo. Um. It's not just Nintendo. You can you play a PlayStation 3 game on current current gen consoles? No. No, but yeah, and that's what emulation is for. Well, I was going to say, they seem to even have a hard time with that. PlayStation 3 is the yeah. worst console. It has some great oh. games. It is the worst console ever. 
for Tell me about it. that kind of shit. Um, I'll probably never play Armor Core 4 again. <laughs> that's the only console I think I've ever had brick itself on me. Yeah. Well, I never beat the last uh, or the second to last Metal Gear Solid because that fucking game that my console bricked. I mean, to be fair, PS3s were not the best, not the most as- well assembled machines on the planet. It was also at the time the most expensive console, I think. Yeah, they were $600 at launch. Yeah, that was fucking ridiculous. Imagine paying $600 now for anything that came with an 80 gig hard drive standard. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was... We won't Actually, go no. No, no, no. I'm wrong. 80 gigs was the upgrade. I think they came with 40 gig hard drive standard. Oh, you know what? I can find out. PlayStation 3. Googling. Clicking on the PlayStation 3 button. Um, introductory price, four ninety nine ninety nine twenty gig model. Oh, so 20 gigs for $500, and then the 600 was only 60. Yep, 600 for a 60 gig, which was uh, a couple of years later. There is no machine on the planet that has 60 gigs of memory right now that could be worth $600. I mean, the Nintendo Switch only has, like, what, 12? <laughs> this is true, but then they were like, hey, if you want more, just go buy an SD card. And then eventually they're like, we'll just unlock it so you can use SD cards up to, like, 256 gigs. So... That's what I have in my Switch now. <laughs> what, what does it? Now I now I do want to see how much it has. Storage, 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 storage. It has, Oh, 32. 32 gigs. Still under 60 gigs. Um, their game sizes are also not massive. Yeah. The Nintendo games themselves fit on their, their uh, little, little chippy dudes. Um, some, like, second party, third party that they work with closely uh, had to do some download bullshit um but as far as i remember don't know do any nintendo switch first party need downloads this is a this is too much too much time to look into this fuck it i don't care um (laughs) nate I got a question for you. What is that question? I got two questions for you. I actually got three questions for you. Did you do something to your eyebrows? They're really shiny. Or is that just the top of your glasses? It's the it's top of your glasses. Of it looks These like are, your eyebrows are sh- are like glued over. These are frameless circle glasses. Well, they definitely show up as having some form of frame, and it makes it look like you have waxy eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, forget that. Um, one, where are you in One Piece? Regular anime One Piece. Oh, boy. Hang on. Let me get my tablet. It's like you don't know we're doing podcasts. Uh, <laughs> I, here's the thing. is, I had it in my head and I forgot it. Um, so, I mean, we know that I got past episode 44 just for the live yeah. action stuff. Well, you, you at least finished Arlong Park. So I finished our long part. I'm on episode 58 right now, which is the middle of this freaking story about this dragon um, and this girl, Apis. It is, after going through Logetown, this is like the slowest fucking burn I've experienced in One Piece so far. It is taking so long to get through this section. Okay, Nate, what did I tell you? What? What, what is one you thing I told you to make sure you paid attention to while you were watching One Piece? I don't remember. Filler. 
I was told you to watch yeah. skip filler. Okay, so here's the thing: is I did skip some filler. The two episodes with Buggy, um, I watched like half of because I knew what was happening. Like this is just Buggy reuniting with his crew and going to get revenge on Luffy, teaming up with Alvita. Alvita, yeah. You know, I I knew that, so I didn't really have to. Watch Interesting. All of it. Interesting thing about that, that is technically canon. Okay. Um, it is considered, I believe that falls under the mixed canon, where it's, that is something that happens on the covers, the, um, the, because they do little storylines on multiple volume, or, uh, chapter covers, so that was one of the chapter cover stories, um, and I mean, it's hinted at, spoilers, technically, I guess, in the, oh, wait, never mind, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, so I mean, where you are right now, um, you literally can skip, you don't, you can skip to episode 60, uh, 61 technically. Um, I checked one pace and I, I kind of know where to skip to. See, don't check one pace. There's literally anime, anime <laughs> Well, yes, there is, but I checked one pace to say, okay, which, which of these episodes is actually the most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All that 50, literally 54 through 60. Fuck it. Those aren't real. Um, because it's then like uh, a a mixed canon, which I'm like I'm iffy on. I don't know what that handles, what that covers, and then it goes straight into the the actual canon shit. That I'm like I look at this title, and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what happens in this title. Um, we we know that Low Town is going to be one of the main focuses of the second season of the live action show. So that was my that other was, question. You did finish a live action. Teaser. Well, yeah, that was the teaser at the end of live yeah. action, right? Here's the problem, Nate. One of the things that happens in Logetown kind of has already happened, which is well, true. one of the things where everybody kind of... Maybe it's not everybody, it's mostly just Garp, but like that hint of the connection between Luffy and Roger. Um well, yeah, and that's but kind of a—I don't know how to describe it. It's—it's it's an interesting well, thing that they change, but again, we'll get into that when we start talking about the live action itself. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about in live action because there's a lot of stuff they do different. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm getting through this arc. I very much enjoy Logetown, is what I should say, and I am afraid of how they will handle Alvita in the live action. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to handle Alvita. Because the problem is, in the anime and in the manga, she is portrayed as... And I believe we talked about this um, last weekend when we were at, were together. Um, she's portrayed as an uh, like a an unattractive person. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like a... And it's just kind of... That was a thing early on in One Piece. Um, and just yeah. in general, you know... You using people's looks as was, oh you're a bad person because you're hideous. Um, There's a little fat phobia going on. Yeah, just a <laughs> smidge. Um, it doesn't stop. I'll be honest. There's some more things, but that's well, not until Big Mom. It doesn't stop because then everybody's like super enamored with her when she's. Well, and that's the thing. She gets a devil fruit. She becomes a slim, very attractive. Still, like you know, keeping the the stuff where she wanted it to be well, when um, i saw her the first time i'm like that's not boys <laughs> oh god <laughs> like she doesn't show up this early in the show i'm pretty sure <laughs> no not at all um 
I don't think she's even been hinted at yet. Uh, where you've been, yeah. Um, but one, I was gonna say that's one of those things where, as people that have watched the show and read the series, you're like, you casted somebody, you cast somebody that's too attractive to be the unattractive Alveda. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, like, what the fuck are you gonna do with the? You're just gonna be a completely different person, huh? I mean, what I'm afraid of is the backlash from both sides and the way this can go, right? Is like, okay, so you've got people who are going to be like, oh, well, you made her skinny and that's fat phobic and so on and so forth. And you've got other people who are like, oh, well, you didn't make her skinny and now it's an unfaithful adaptation. And so it's like, the worst part of this, though, for me is like, they took one actress to play Alvita already. And even though she had a short role, like changing that, Mm-hmm. Later on, it's just throwing that actress under the bus entirely. <laughs> like, she just didn't fucking matter, period. Yeah. And so that's what I'm more worried about. I just hope that they gloss over the fact that the fruit that she gets made her thinner at all and just still give her the same fucking powers. Like, there's no reason for her to be skinny and also have those powers. <laughs> or I should say have those powers, but also be skinny with them. Well, because it's what she's got the slip slip, yeah, the slip slip fruit, smooth, smooth fruit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, you know what? That's the one. I when I read that, it was I think the uh, the translation that I read it was called the slip slip. Um, I forgot that I mean, it's called it's actually the smooth smooth because the slip slip is also what they used in the in the four kids adaptation. Um, I like the slip slip fruit. I thought that was funny. Because uh, I was, uh, yeah, it's as if one if one is overweight in any way, they will become slim by having the excess fat slip off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the slip like slip fruit. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I just like the joke they make about the sickle sickle fruit and they call them sicko sicko. Oh, God. De- fucking devil fruits are weird, man. Um, well, they're weird because now I'm finding out that there's multiple types of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a really fun thing. What did you watch? Well, I didn't find this out organically. I found this out by watching a video on Shonen Power Systems. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite anime YouTubers put out. And he covers things without really spoiling them, but he does go into depth on Power Systems, various anime, and how they relate. And like how One Piece adopted a lot of stuff from other shows, but also very much made its own thing with the devil. Um, And later on, the... What is it called? I'm going to get this wrong. Hockey? What? Hockey? Yes, the hockey. I don't know why I thought Hamon for a second. Hamon is something completely different. That's Pumbu. That's Timon's brother, right? No. (laughs) Timon, Hamon, Ramon. No, the Hamon is is a term used in Japanese swordsmithing. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, an interesting thing, and I don't know if this guy covered it in that. Delver fruit types. The different categories, classifications, whatever. Did not exist this early in the series. Um, or they did, but not to the extent that they do later on. There is a lot that happens over time through the manga, in the anime, obviously. The series in general. Stuff didn't exist at one point. And as he kept going, he realized, I have to make this make sense. I have to retroactively be like, this happened, 
this is why it happened. Um, hockey is a perfect example. It hit a point where people saw hockey in it was it is a, a I can't remember if it's a fan theory or if he came out and said basically that hey you can see hockey if you are a hockey user or if you have the ability to see hockey basically um it's kind of like think of it like the the demon slayer techniques we get to see that visually because we are the viewer the people in that world the regular people in that world don't see that shit whether the demons and the the demon slayers actually see it is a whole other question probably not mm -hmm. um but in the world of One Piece, normal people don't see it. Other people can see it because they have the ability. Um, what that really is, is he didn't draw hockey in the first couple of however story arcs he did. And then once he got to a point that he wanted to portray that, he's like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it, it happens. I mean, like you see stories that was it? Uh, how long was One Piece supposed to be uh yeah Odo has said that one piece was supposed to last five years five years um mm -hmm. it is now <laughs> let's see <laughs> chapter one release date of one piece it has been coming out since 97 <laughs> yeah <laughs> little little over little over five years um but hey we're in the final story arc right now which could mean five years um because i mean fucking wano was basically five years mm -hmm. Ooh, but great highly highly enjoy it uh and we're out of that we're done wano anime watchers might not have finished wano but we're out of wano <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Nate. Now I guess let's let's get into it. What did you, as a as a new uh, One Piece fan, what did you think of the live action? Uh, well, I mean, frankly, I loved it. Um, it, while being a faithful adaptation to the source material, um really only focuses on the key points of that source material while adding a lot more that gives you more value out of that story and helps you piece things together a little bit easier. Um, there's a lot less of that sort of weekly Shonen Jump feeling where you have that filler content being put in. Mm -hmm. um, just to, you know, broaden the time of the show, which is... A welcome change for me. I don't like watching a lot of filler content, which is why I'm struggling through the episodes I'm in now. Um, but cutting a lot of that out does help move the story forward a whole lot faster. But then they add so much more on the back end that also allows us to spend a lot of time with important characters in the show, but also move that plot forward as well. Um, early on, I mean, like, Kobe completely disappears from the anime. He's just gone, right? Yeah. But then knowing that like there's simultaneously simultaneous events occurring helps make the story make a whole lot more sense. It's not like just hey, Kobe suddenly reappears and it's now a part of Monkey's life again. It is or Luffy, 
Sorry, nobody fucking calls him Monkey. I don't know why I did that. Um, That's the last name, so. <laughs> yes, but um, but spending that time with Kobe and, you know, his journey in the Marines makes a lot more sense. Spending time with Garp, even though he's now showing up way earlier in the story than he does in the anime. So Mago, much earlier. Yeah, way earlier. Um, but it makes more sense. It gives this sort of sense that like people aren't just waiting around for events in the story to happen. They're making them happen. It gives all mm-hmm. these characters a whole lot more agency um, versus just spending all the time with Luffy and his crew and them having all the agency all the time to move the plot forward. Um, the fight scenes are still great and they're faithful to the source material. Um, I had recently spoken to Dave about this who had watched the live action show and I told him, yeah, that whole thing where like, he didn't really understand how like Luffy was doing necessarily what he was doing and didn't understand all the details of the gum gum mm-hmm. fruit. So I went over the whole thing about how, what they're really saying about devil fruits is it isn't just like they can't swim, like they're physically incapable of swimming. It's that the sea comes to hate them because yeah. of their devil fruit powers. Um, but then also scenes like where he uses the gum gum battle axe to completely level our long park. Like, that happens in the anime and he's like well i think you know garp may have devil fruit power someone something because he's super strong and everything like that and i was like i'm not gonna tell you if he does or doesn't but even without those garp is just a goddamn beast and so is luffy like luffy is actually way stronger than he appears to be and you should notice that by the fact that he had a building collapse on top of him and walked away with it, walked away from it like nothing fucking happened to him. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, there's a joke that people talk about with the series. It's technically spoilers in a sense. Um, it is known, at least for the most part, that there is a time skip in the series. Um, but basically, there is a thing that happens that makes you realize that. Luffy technically doesn't get stronger until after the time skip. Um, mm-hmm. Which means he, at beginning, is strong enough to defeat every single person he comes up against. Except for, you know, a handful that, like, are obviously you aren't going to be able to beat these kind of people, people. But, like, the main enemies of every story arc up until the time skip, he has that within him already. It's not a, oh, I got to train. It's, oh, no, I on the fly just had to think about the thing, and I can do this now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's one of those, and, and that's where people fall into the whole, like, oh, Luffy has no character development. It's like, no, no, no. Luffy's character development is developing the entire world around him. <laughs> um. But no, I I agree. I think it was handled so well. I loved how they handled just about everything. Um, the only, I think the thing I was most upset about, <laughs> this is a personal thing, they spent too much time on Usopp's uh, storyline. It's not that I don't mm-hmm. like Usopp. I love Usopp. He's one of my favorite characters. I don't like his introduction story. Um, I don't like where it takes place. It's just, to me, boring. Um, they did their best at making it a little bit more entertaining, in my opinion. Uh, they mm-hmm. got rid of the weird Michael Jackson-looking motherfucker. 
Um, oh yeah. Can whether or not, do... oh, that and that's that's where like the whole playing around with the timeline thing is fun. Um, when we get to Sanji with the Barate, um, or however the fuck you say it, that sounds about right in my head. Who cares? Baratier, um, Baratier, 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 whatever. Um, one of or the bad guy of that arc gets taken out by Mihawk somewhere else <laughs> uh, and i'm like i love that that's great skip yeah. over this go to the other things which oh. allowed us to get the mihawk fight with zoro that i fucking loved i thought they did a, such a good job with that um a great job with it and nobody needs to spend time on fucking don krieg <laughs> no nobody gives a shit about that fucker um and i and that's one of those things where i think they did a good job of we don't need to spend time on this. There are things we can move past. We don't need Don Krieg. We don't need uh, Hypno well, Jackson. Um, that's the crazy thing is it even makes like getting rid of the hypnotist doesn't just help like move things along, but it also makes Luffy seem Luffy and his team seem a lot stronger for mm. it, and then. Still showing Don Krieg, but not having a whole plot line centered around him and his pirates and stuff like that makes Mihawk look way more powerful. This time yeah, around. yeah. Um, and I think the hint I love the introduction of Mihawk in the use of him more than just that fight scene because we get to have him interact later on as basically like the end, Ooh, almost mm -hmm. the end tag. That's right, I forgot about the end tag. That goddamn that <laughs> end tag got me hyped. Um, <laughs> But no, I loved him interacting with Shanks. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm going to put like a spoiler warning or something saying, hey, we're going to talk about nothing but, not nothing, but a good chunk of live action One Piece. Um, there was another thing. Oh, of all the things that did get pushed to the side, unfortunately, um, there is a character from the Arlong Park uh, storyline um, that isn't there and is important later on in the series. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a little upset that they removed him. Uh, because you've gotten there, you know it's... You know, hopefully, who I'm talking about. If not, it's uh, Hachi. Uh, the octopus <laughs> guy. Um, yeah. yeah. That is the only... Like, of that whole arc in my head, that's the only thing that was taken out that I'm like, how are we going to use this later? Because he is actually important and is a redeemable character, uh, in a sense. Um, no, I mean, he is. Fuck it. He is. Hachi's great. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. Fucking everything, man. I don't think I was upset by anything in this. Uh, sure, mm. they changed some stuff around. Like like you said, Garp, the relationship with Garp and Kobe, I love being able to see that on screen. You, That is something that is only told through, like I said, the little cover cover storylines. Um, that is something that I was so excited to see more of because I always thought it was weird that, like you said, he's gone and you don't know mm -hmm. what's going on, but you know something's going on and you haven't gotten to the point that you know what's going on, but... It happens. I just got to that point because I skipped to that part of the anime. Um, yeah, I. Uh, oh yeah, the the buggy stuff. That was the 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 one storyline that they tweaked a little bit. I liked. I actually kind of liked mm -hmm. how they worked it. Um, I 
I don't like that we lose out on the dog. I love the dog. Everybody <laughs> loves the dog. Instead, we get like three seconds of the dog. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I very much enjoy the skipping of the filler that involves Buggy and him getting back to his crew and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, I love Buggy. And I mean, the internet loves Buggy, too. Uh, mm -hmm. I love the use of Buggy. Because instead of, like you said, having him go off, do the crew thing, we get to see him throughout this season. Throughout the whole first arc of uh, of One Piece. Mm -hmm. um, and I also love that we get a little bit more adult, technically adult, more mature humor or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, in one of the first scenes we get Buggy with using his powers when he knocks... Uh, Luffy out, he punches him and then flips him off. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, at the end, when he pieces off, he does the same thing and flips Sanji and Zoro, Zoro off. Um, the one thing that I know I had seen um, Netflix basically lose out on, technically, I don't know if they really, really were fighting on it, but it was like a sticking point that, uh, that Oda 100% was like, hey, do not do this, do not put in this in any way, was there are no romances within the Straw Hats. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that upset a lot of people because everybody knows that Sanji and Zoro need to be a couple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, the internet already was like, oh, Usopp and Nami, they're holding hands. I'm like, yes, it has nothing to do with that. First of all, that man is in love with a sick white girl. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, oh that. Sorry, that whole thing because she doesn't stay with them in the in the the series, right? She goes off. She doesn't stay. Um, so the whole thing about Kaya in the anime is you very much not Kaya. Sorry, 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 not Kaya. Um, the scene with them holding the Nami holding hands with Usopp later on at the Baratia, uh, Baradi, Baradarbar. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure, I, again, it's been for fucking ever since I've read this now. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I pretty, I remember her leaving. I remember her leaving and I think took the ship. Um, yes, she does take the go, she does take the going Mary. Um, and that sort of begins the transition to the Arlong Park mm -hmm. at least in live action. It also, well, it begins it in the anime as well, just in a slightly different context. Um, I will say that even going back to the Kaya and Usopp storyline, um, there, there's one thing I hate and one thing I love. The thing that I love is that they do just seal the deal on the romantic feelings between Kaya and Usopp right away. Yeah. Um, there's... There's always that implication in the anime, but it's never like, okay, here they are on screen actually kissing each other. Unlike the live action where she does actually kiss Usopp. Mm -hmm. And I love um, that. No, that that was brilliant. The, the one thing I hated, though, is I loved Captain Kuro or Clahador or whatever you want to call him in the anime because he was so much more sinister in that than he mm -hmm. is in this one. And this one, he comes, he kind of comes off as like, a B horror movie villain, which is okay. It's not terrible, but you lose the motivation for why he is doing what he's doing. 
In this, it's very much like, hey, I'm a villain and I want to get make a lot of money versus, like, there was a reason he wanted to make that money in the anime. <laughs> um, and the fact that he was willing to sacrifice, like, his entire crew and his yeah. entire life to do it was a big part of his character. So you lose some characterization there. Um, but then moving forward to where Nami does go to Arlong Park, it's still handled pretty well. Um, her betrayal is actually felt even more through her sister this time around yeah. because they give a lot more time to her sister in the live action. Um, and they spend a lot less time on giving you the entire backstory of Belmare. Um, <clears throat> which, you know, the, the entire reason Belmare exists is to be like, Hey, you know, I adopted you. I was at a, I was basically about to die. I adopted you. You gave me a reason to live. I love you. Also, hey, I'm going to get shot now. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, her existence was is um, is to die. She is a Disney yes. parent. Um, <laughs> that's most of the parents. Like, if you think about it, nobody has a happy happy childhood. Well, it's a lot less time wasted on a character's backstory whose purpose is to die. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very quick. I don't. You do know that she was a marine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She was a Marine. She gives up, you know, $100,000, of course, trying to hide yeah. Nami and her sister. Her sister's name I can never fucking remember off the top of my head. Did um, you just say it? I thought you just said it. No, I didn't. I um, swear you did. Jesus. <laughs> here we go. Nami's Nojiko. Okay. Nojiko. Um, so, yeah. Um, trying to hide Nami and Nojiko gives up the 100000 to Arlong for what she thinks is going to end up being, like, her tribute, and then of course Ong finds the children, and she's like, "No, it's actually just split it and make it for the kids." And so they do that, and then of course Elmer gets shot by Arlong and dies, and that triggers Nami's whole backstory into like, you know, drawing a sea charge for pilots, pirates. I had to join them, you know, so and so forth. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Exposition. Um, and this is why I'm a thief now, and I betrayed all you guys. <laughs> all the trauma for everyone. Okay. I also That's noticed weird. some people, of course, predictably threw a big temper tantrum over Nojiko's casting in the live action. And I'll just say, like, go just fucking look at pictures of her. She is darker skinned than Nami is. It, yeah, I, I like so it was one of those things as I just got to a part where they it was one of those episodes where it's like, hey, everybody has bounty updates. And <laughs> here is here is a cutaway to everybody's hometown to be like, look, bounties. Um and I'm like, oh yeah, she was a little bit more tan. She's still in at least pre-time skip lighter than Robin, but that's a whole other thing. Um, the internet is very upset about Robin losing uh, any color to her after the time skip. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know why that was ever a thing, uh, especially like... With the casting, one of the things that is known is that Oda was like, hey, this is where all of these, all the Straw Hats were from. This is where they would be if they were in the real world. Um, and Robin specifically was called out as being German. No, wait, German or fuck. It's either German or Russian. Either way, we white. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't be black and German and Russian, but, you know. <laughs> uh <laughs> But no, it's it, yeah. People are going to complain about everything. Um, I mean, hell, have you seen what Arlong looks like without 
his makeup on? No, actually. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever seen someone be able to be that blue. <laughs> uh, I also love well, people... Also, with... Well, with Arlong's whole, like, story and the way he's exposing the live action, like, could you really cast anyone other than the black man to play that role? Oh, no. Especially, like, <laughs> he, have you seen, I don't think you, because you're not on TikTok, TikTok as much, but people were joking around about, like, the one scene where it's just, it when Nami walks in and he's sitting in the chair and he's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not a white man. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, the moment I heard that I'm like, okay, cool, we're gonna get the stupid weird fucking laughs from people coming up. Um <laughs> someone did an entire compilation of one piece laughs to the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh <laughs> oh no, don't spoil yourself, Nate. I don't want you you're gonna get spoiled on people's future laughs. I mean, the laughs are the laughs. At the end of the day, I think we're both here, at least in general agreement, that the live action was both a faithful adaptation to the source material, but also added and removed, well, added a lot of things that helped the live action move the plot forward and then removed a lot of things that were just simply unnecessary for the live action to exist. But most importantly, Nate... Most importantly, we are now mere confirmation away, like one more confirmation away from Crocomom. Oh boy. Do you know the Crocomom theory? I don't know the Crocomom. So you have not gotten to Crocodile yet, but it is revealed that Crocodile was in Logetown. Not when when Luffy's there, but in the past when Roger is executed, along with many other future big name pirates, including Buggy and Shanks. And specifically in the live action, there is a single character that people are calling out as the possibly being the female version of Crocodile. Hmm. Uh, now, if you look into this theory too much, it will be spoilers for future stuff. But there is a theory. That one of the main villains, Crocodile, has not always been a man, and was at one point a a a woman, uh, based off of a whole bunch of evidence. It's weirdly like got a lot to support this shit. Um, don't look <laughs> into it, Nate. I see you googling shit. Uh, but once you when when you get through up until I'd say. Impelled down, yeah. If it doesn't in your head be like, nah, I get it, I understand, I understand why people think this. Um, yeah. Fucking mm -hmm. one one more confirmation. We are so much closer to one of the dumbest fan, fan theories uh being real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Remember, as somebody that literally binged like a thousand fucking chapters in thirty days when I started reading One Piece, I 
I didn't know it was a thing. I got through, and then my friend was like, hey, have you ever heard of this? I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, oh, shit. It's stupid, but it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Nate. Yes, we love that One Piece. Um, Now, fun thing. We're going to do some jumping around real quick just because of how things work out. Um, There have been reports that Season 2 has already been written. The scripts for Season 2 are done and ready. Um, But that is not happening until these stupid fucking companies decide to pay people fairly, equally, uh, and not use fucking AI to replace them. Um, We are still in... Let's see. Let's see. How long has the WGA strike? Uh, Let's see. We are at 131 days. For the WGA strike. Um, and for the SAG strike, we are at. Let's see. We are at 57 days. Um, since then, we have had multiple updates. Uh, one, that none of these fucking places want to do anything about it. Uh, one of my favorite updates, though, is that <laughs> it has been reported that uh warner brothers is going to be losing um hold on let me i believe i have this shared so much news has happened i believe it's 500 million dollars they're going to be losing out this year due to it's 500 million yeah um which would be three years three years of what they would need to uh pay um well, these actors and right or writers or whatever that's uh, the craziest thing, the deal that the unions have put on the table is less than what the companies opposing the strikes stand to lose if they let the strikes continue mm-hmm. this is quite literally just corporate tomfoolery run amok to the point where they're like well we we obviously just can't give into the workers if we do that makes us look bad <laughs> no, you already look bad. There's no not looking bad at this point. Well, not. Of course, they look bad to people in the know, but when they say look bad, they mean look bad to their other corporate executives yeah. and shareholders and yeah. stuff like that. People with stakes in these companies. Um, they don't want to do anything, of course. To, every company is after stakeholders, and so they don't want to threaten anything that would make them lose stakeholders, lose shares, basically. And so them, like, agreeing to a deal with a union is a very quick way of them losing a lot of shareholders in the company. But, again, it is what it is. Eventually, one side of this is going to break, and it's crazy that the the plan of action for the corporations going forward is literally to try to wait to the point where the strikers are so fed up and so desperate that they'll just take any job for any amount of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's a ridiculous strategy. It's one that... I don't think will work in the long run. These these groups are being, you know, at least supported up till now by some pretty top tier celebrities in the industry. And those people have tons of money to invest in mutual aid to keep these strikes going, assuming they choose to do so. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's in it for the long haul at this point. I mean, very rarely do strikes go on this long, especially in the U.S., but... You know, more power to the people in SAG and the people in AFTRA and all that stuff because 
like their deals need to go through in order to save the industry at this point. There is no future media industry without these people working, and there is no future media industry without them working for a fair price. Um, and even if it were just a bump in salary, that helps versus the other things that need to happen, like actors and writers and all these people working on stuff getting paid residuals off of streaming services and things like that. Yeah. So... Especially like, hey, One Piece, number one streaming thing ever kind of thing. One of those big-ass record-breaking premieres. And uh, I wonder how much any of them are making. Um, Not enough. The answer is not enough. Uh, Speaking of the strikes, though, um, and I don't believe there has not been a full update yet, um, but the Actors Union um, could launch a video game strike. Uh, over the same thing, wages in AI. Uh, they are currently, I believe they are currently doing a vote. Um, that'll affect a lot. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Voting of the strike will be held between... Oh, fuck, I hate... Th- that makes no sense. I don't understand voting things sometimes. Between September 5th and the 25th. So, yeah, by the end of the month, we'll know if it's happening. Um, but this is... This is uh, negotiations with Activision, Disney, EA, Epic Games, Insomniac Games, Take-Two, and WB are some of the big names associated with this. Um, So one of the things that a lot of people are talking about is if this does go through, if this strike happens, don't, just don't stream those games. Avoid streaming those games. Avoid bringing attention to those games. Um, Is it something that is a necessary thing? No. A lot of these creator, or a lot of the writers and or um, the voice actors, and I mean even in the other media, the writers with TV and all that, um, have said this isn't us asking you to not support the things we're doing. Because hey, guess what? They're still making money off of it. Yes, it's not enough, but they are still making some money off these things. Um, mm-hmm. So don't boycott. Uh, that is not what they're asking for. Um, but if you feel that it is wrong to stream this content, don't do it. This is this is easy access, easy telling you who 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 is working with what. Um, you can easily find who is involved, what uh, companies work with them. Although there is one of the companies you go and Jesus Christ, their website looks like it's from the early '90s, and you have to slowly scroll through a non-organized logo page of the of the companies they work with it is one of the worst things i've ever fucking seen um <laughs> but it works out for me because i only really feel like i stream indie games most of the time and they usually don't go through this kind of stuff anyway uh and hopefully pay their voice actors fairly if there's voice actors most of the games i don't i play don't have voice actors um but anyway in 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 uh in the end just fucking pay your writers, pay your actors, and that means voice actors too. Um, yeah, moving on, Nate. We're going back into what we're what we're enjoying entertainment-wise. Uh, we are now, I believe, halfway done Ahsoka with episode mm-hmm. three and four. Um, how are you feeling halfway through? How are you feeling with this series? I'm still feeling pretty good about it. Um, 
I mean, as expected, being halfway through, we're kind of at, you know, if not the climax, the thing leading up to the climax of the story. Um, you know, the plans that Ahsoka and Sabine have had up to this point, um, at the end of episode four, you know, are basically a failure. Um, they fail to stop the people doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but that is classic Star Wars, is seeing the heroes get, you know, beat down pretty badly, failing to accomplish a goal or a mission that they've set out, but then rising to the occasion later on. That is very classic Star Wars plotline stuff. Um, you know, this is... We get some moments of Sabine, especially during her fight scenes, showing that, showing again that she is not is deeply connected to the Force, or at least as talented in the Force as other people have been. But, um, still she, kicks ass. Oh yeah, she still kicks ass, but, you know, they are quite clear in admitting that that comes from her being a Mandalorian and trained in their ways versus, you know, being trained as a classic Jedi. Mm-hmm. And again, a large part of the story, like there have been for other Star Wars stories we've seen so far, has been showing that, like, a Jedi is not just one thing. It is many things. Um, the only thing that a Jedi needs to truly pursue in their use of the Force is justice and peace. Um, versus, you know, being born with X amount of midichlorians or being born with some special connection to the Force. Or, or as a know, Skywalker. You know, popping out of the womb with a lightsaber in your hands. Um, <laughs> yes, or as a Skywalker, exactly. Um it's showing that everyone truly has the potential to become this thing that has been so regarded in Star Wars mythos. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of warrior monk that is the Jedi. Um, and that's a great thing to see, is seeing them change that paradigm, shift that so much um, to the point that a lot of Star Wars fans are finally waking up to that fact. A lot of people, of course, hate it. A lot of people don't think that Sabine is deserving of anything that she's given, but... Yeah, but a lot of those people are also like, she's a girl, she shouldn't be able to do this. Whatever, so is Ahsoka. Um, But But she's an alien, so it doesn't count. Oh, it counts. Um, (laughs) Togruta are not anything more special than humans. Um, (laughs) No, it's just, it's, it's shifting that paradigm for the better. People are waking up to that fact now, they're seeing that, they're realizing that they are trying to very much portray that anyone has potential to become this thing, as long as they are willing to work hard enough for it. And it's weird to me because those same guys that you mentioned who are very much like, oh, she's a girl, blah, 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 are the same people who tell you, oh, well, you know, you don't get anything without working hard. And it's like Sabine is the one that we've seen working the hardest to become a Jedi so far. She is someone who literally can barely use the Force, who is barely in touch with it on the level a Jedi would be, whose Force pushes are like, me like tapping you on the shoulder. <laughs> um, well, they technically, I don't think they happen yet. Um, yes. So, and that's so, that's been a interesting thing in general, where I've seen a lot of people, a lot of people being like, "She can't be a Jedi because she has no connection to the Force." Blah 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 blah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, and that is one of those cases where you have not. Uh, if if you're gonna be like read the source material, um, that means you haven't watched Rebels because in Rebels, Kanan 
specifically calls out the fact that she has that connection. She's just blocked. She cannot access her direct link with the Force. Um, and of course, yes, everyone, everything, all living things, everything in the world is connected through the Force. Um, but you know, well, yeah, it takes some time and training. There's also a crazy theory that comes out of things like Rebels and Clone Wars, where Ahsoka might be, at least in like the elf sense, immortal, or at least extremely long lived. Why do you so, say that? What? Why is that a theory? So there's a thing that happens in Clone Wars where they meet living embodiments of the Force. The father, the sister, and the brother. The father represents the balance of the Force, the brother's the dark side, and the sister's the light side. Well, during this, something happens to Ahsoka, and she almost dies. And so what happens is the sister imbues some of her life force into Ahsoka. And so a lot of people are saying that because now she has this life force from the sister, Mm -hmm. um, that may somehow lengthen her lifespan. We don't know that for sure, but if it turns out to be true, it could have some interesting implications. I don't think the show is going to in any way touch on that anymore. Um, The ending of episode four especially shows that she's got a deeper connection to her former master than anybody else in the force. You know, slight spoilers, but... Um, but uh, yeah, yeah slight I mean, spoilers, man. I am so happy where we are right now because it is it is a thing that is is accessed. Mm-hmm. At, I think only once in Rebels. I don't think we've been here before Rebels. It is one of my favorite things that has ever happened in Star Wars. And fuck anybody that is <laughs> unhappy about it. Um, I mean. Hayden Christensen himself is thrilled about it. Oh, I don't fucking give a shit about him coming back. I'm talking about the literally the literal place we are. Um, oh, yeah. Again, not going into spoilers uh, because I don't know what we're going to touch on with this and what it could possibly fucking do. Um, and I should say, um, Kathleen Kennedy, you were wrong again. What? <laughs> the entire plot line of Thrawn's return comes straight out of old extended universe canon. Like, literally. And I have to keep reminding people again, she's the one who said that we didn't have all this material to pull from when we made the sequel trilogy, and it's like, you're you're doing that now. Literally, like, almost... Almost step for step, you were doing that. She's not. She's not. Dave Filoni is who... Dave Filoni is. Yeah. But I've, I've told people that, too. If you put, you know, if you put Star Wars in the hands of people who truly love Star Wars, this is what you get. Dave Filoni and John Favreau fucking love Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes to, for it comes out with great things. Sometimes to its detriment. Whatever. And I'm not personally. I don't feel that way. But like, there are many people that are like, hmm, we're getting too much Star Wars. We're we're doing too much. And I'm just like, there, there's no such thing as too much Star Wars though. Like we have how many fucking Star Wars comic books out right now? How long has High 20. Republic run for? <laughs> like, um, yeah, true. But it, it got... is, like, I, I understand, to a certain extent, I do understand the whole, like, there is too much content. Because, one, I don't consume any of that content. Do I have the first, like, main story run of High Republic? Yes. Because I'm like, this sounds interesting. I'm going to read this. I haven't read it yet. Um, but the, there is too much for me. 
I am at the point that <laughs> there is too much for me to consume. Can I do the TV shows? Yes. Can I do the movies? Yes. Um, but like anything mm-hmm. beyond that, it's too much for me. Uh, especially when it comes to like the the books, I I don't have time well, to book. <laughs> well, no, nobody's. I mean, yeah, okay, it's fine if you don't have time. What I'm saying though is not that like there isn't too much to consume. There definitely is. Star mm-hmm. Wars is a massive multimedia franchise. What I'm saying though is that there is stuff out there worth consuming, and there's stuff out there for everyone. People who are fans of fiction novels are gonna love the Star Wars novels. Yeah, because they are expertly crafted pieces of fiction for the most part and i will 100 percent recommend um from another point of view i think it's called star wars from a certain point of view um in basically from a certain point of view it's an anthology of um events that we have seen in the star wars universe from somebody else's perspective. Uh, specifically, one of my, my favorite ones on it, it's literally the first, I believe it's the first story. Um, and it's basically one character's point of view of the final scene from Rogue One with Vader mm-hmm. uh, attacking the ship. Um, yeah. And like that's fantastic. I fucking love that. That's incredible. Uh, and I thought it was really well done. Uh, I, it was actually written by Gary Witter, the person that wrote Rogue One. Um, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Uh, but I highly recommend it. Really good. Um, that's the only one that I have bought in. I, I bought the audiobook of it. So I've, I've listened to it. And I think it's great. Um, it's just cool. I think that's a really cool idea. To It's, it's kind of like filling in those question marks in things that you don't know. That you don't need really need but it's just fun to know and in a good way not like solo um <laughs> again solo is a, a... you really don't like solo no 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 okay here's again it's not that i don't like solo it's that solo is purely just entertainment um it is just a fun <laughs> and entertaining movie it is a movie that does not add anything to the universe um mm-hmm. in my opinion uh all it, the, the the best thing that got added was Donald Glover into the fucking Star Wars universe, <laughs> and hopefully, eventually, we'll get more of that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just glad that there is the amount of Star Wars content there is out now. There is, like I said, something for everybody to consume. Um, the Vader comics have probably been some of the best Star Wars comics ever written. Yeah. Um. And just being able to see his journey from not just like, oh, hey, I'm a bad guy in black armor with a red lightsaber, but like him truly coming into his own as the Sith Lord um, is phenomenal to see and read and experience. Um, The great thing about Ahsoka, though, in general, is, again, that journey that Sabine is going through, but then also the journey that Ahsoka is going through as well. And then the mystery that we're still dealing with find who these sort of dark slash fallen Jedi really are. Um, in the implications that has for stuff for future Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a lot of this is, this is still, these shows have been some of, if not the best Star Wars content to come out. Period. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and all right. I would just like them to continue that trend. Um, all right. I actually, we actually have, because it's, we're already an hour in. We haven't even talked about <laughs> video games. Um, real quick, because not that we don't have any really, really big news. Um, and we can tell, if you want to quickly touch on the one thing we talked about, not making the big news, because it's not big news. It's just an asshole being a dumb fuck. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about that if you, a little bit if you want. But uh, real quick, just to get the other two news things out of the way before we talk about games, because that's going to take up a good chunk, I would hope. Um, sadly, Embracer Group being the one of the worst-run companies I think I've seen in gaming, um, has shut down Volition after 30 years. Uh, game studio that is known and loved for most of their games. We're ignoring the new Saints Row game. <laughs> you know what? One bad game doesn't mean that the entire company is horrible. Um. I mean, Volition is the reason I fucking love uh, space games. Um, because Red Faction is fantastic. Fuck anybody that says otherwise. Gorilla? Man, do you know how many times I've played Red Faction Gorilla? Did I beat it? No. Did I spend hours just destroying things because of the physics? It's great. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, even go all the way back, I think, to the original Red Faction game, which I still is Red Faction, is that the one that you can go underground and you can literally, like, dig through the ground completely? Oh, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, just yeah. blow up walls and shit. I love that shit. It was Please. such a cool idea. Like, in, I feel like we rarely get games that do that much world destruction anymore. Yeah. It was, it was frankly revolutionary for the time. I mean, this game came out very, very, I think it came out in, like, 2000. It was the original Red Faction. Um, to the point, I have to actually... I literally have to download a mod to make it compatible to play on PC. Yeah, yeah. Red <laughs> um, Faction, Red Faction One came out in two thousand one. Yeah, so it was. I mean, it was a first-person shooter, very much in the vein of like 007, and that you had like a lot of weapons to use. It was, it was that kind of first-person shooter. Um, mm-hmm. but that added level of being able to destroy like almost anything you could see on the screen was just. It was mind blowing for that time. I remember just spending hours literally digging into walls for no particular reason. Yeah, for rocket launcher. <laughs> uh, they actually, I'm, I'm not sure if it was on the computer, on the um, the console edition, but the PC version literally had a room that you could just fuck around with the uh, like the destruction abilities and stuff. Um, yeah, it is. It is sad to see Volition close. Yeah, so I wish all of them luck. I hope they all find jobs. They are. So a great group. I don't know, you know, we're ignoring, we don't know, like, internal bullshittery because gaming <laughs> industry. But in general, creatively, they seem like an incredible team, and I hope they all find places. Fucking jobs, man. I hate it. <sighs> um, yeah. Uh, on to some brighter, happier news. Um, we got a little bit more of a deep dive for the new Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Um, weird fucking game. Game looks weird. Really excited about it. You're going to get six start uh, playable characters from the start. Six? Let me make sure I'm doing that right. I'm lying. It might be more. I'm just going to list them because my mind knows them better than numbers. Mario, <laughs> Luigi, Peach, Daisy, two different toads. It's nine. 
Nope, it's eight. Mm-hmm. It's eight in Toadette. Now, you also can play as multiple colors of Yoshis and Nabbit. The difference is you can't get hurt by Nabbit as Nabbit or Yoshi. So it's kind of like playing on easy mode. You can still die if you fall in holes or do like death pits kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But in any other cases where you'd be like smashed or stuff like that, you just don't get hurt. Um, all of the regular characters play exactly the same. No peach floatiness, no high jump Luigi and stuff like that. Uh, everyone has the exact same controls. Uh, one thing that people are very excited about, excuse me, uh, you will not run into each other. You no longer cause other people to miss jumps. You can't jump on your other characters. You can't pick up and throw them off the screens. You can't fuck with your friends while playing multiplayer. It's great. I love it. It was fun every now and then, but it, it, it just got annoying when you were trying to finish levels. Um... My brain broke. Sorry, I'm not looking at this. <laughs> I've I've watched this trailer, so my brain is just like remembering all the things. A uh, whole bunch of power ups. Obviously, we all saw the elephant fruit. Um, mm-hmm. The elephant fruit does the exact same thing to all of the characters. Uh, so yes, you weird fucks. There's going to be ele- elephant Princess Peach and elephant uh, Daisy. Um, <laughs> I hate the internet's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> There's also a new introduction of the drill, drill ability. Basically, you put a little drill hat on, and yeah, you can go drill up, drill down, um, drill enemies in general. Uh, It's a great way to deal with any falling enemies, any little spiky dudes dropping on your head. Um, Are you watching the trailer going through something right now? I'm just looking at the website. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Some of the really cool online stuff, though, because we are going to, it is an online playable game. Um, One of the things you can do is drop little, uh, they're like almost checkpoint kind of things for Mm -hmm. other players, where it's like, hey, this is a part that you're going to die a lot on. So if you want, you can pop back here. You can come back here and you'll be fine. Uh, And I thought that was a really cool idea. I I like when Nintendo realizes that they make hard games sometimes. Nintendo Mario platformers are not super easy. There are mm. some difficult levels in Mario games. And I'm not talking about like the creator levels. I'm talking about like straight up just man, timing-wise, moving platform-wise, if you time things wrong, you are fucked. You cannot beat this game. Um you know, make it easier for the I mean, kids, make it easier for the old people that can't do platforming well, Nate. It's, um, <laughs> it's a platformer at heart, but at the very least, Nintendo is making, you know, steps towards accessibility with this game. Um, yeah. By adding in things like Nabbit, um, by adding in things like the standees where, you know, teammates can revive themselves. Um shows that you can, you know, see where other online players have gone through certain sections of different courses. Yeah, you get to see little ghost characters. I love that, too. Um, And the crazy thing is I can see people, like, deriding Mario for doing this, but this is literally the same thing as Dark Souls. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, A little bit more useful, in my opinion. Um, Obviously, in, like, Elden Ring, I don't know if it was the same thing in Dark Souls, but in Elden Ring, you could have, like, you could bring them into your world 
mm-hmm. and they would fight with you, which I thought was cool. Um, another thing that's being added, uh, unlockable throughout the game, you can unlock badges, and these things uh, can make it so if you are about to touch lava, it'll make you jump so you avoid that lava. Uh, you get more jumps, you get high jumps, weird wall abilities, or wall jumping abilities that are different than normal jumping. Um, just a whole bunch of different badges you can throw in to change how the game plays. And I think that's really cool, really interesting addition that we've never seen before, really. Uh, and it adds replayability to the game as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, let's play through while only doing this. And it's one of those things you don't start out with them. You unlock them throughout the game. Um <laughs> And, and just like in the older games, you're going to have, like, the the find the bit three big coins, but now it's being replaced by all these wonder fruit abilities and these different little wonder coins. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the entire game, uh, I believe it was announced maybe at, with the first trailer, this does not take place in the Mushroom Kingdom. This all takes place within the fa- Flower Kingdom. Um, oh my god, I've never seen these before. They're adorable. Sorry, I, I scrolled down, and I saw this adorable little row of... of Goombas with the Mario Luigi toad and the yeah. the Yoshi hat. I'm gonna save that picture because that's cute as shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, now that I thought about it, I already bought this game. Um, I used my. I had been waiting. I've been trying to figure out what I was going to use my other voucher, and I used it for this. Uh, and I am not. Uh, I am not so far, at least. I'm not upset about it. Everything about this <laughs> game looks great. I'm super excited to play it. Um. I mean, I I love Mario games. Mario games are just fun. Whoa, I didn't mean to accidentally click the video. Um, (laughs) Like, oh, no. Uh, Yeah, Mario games are just fun. I would love... and Oh, you know what? Hold on. Did I do a thing smarter than I thought I did? When does this game come out? 1020? Fuck yeah. Guess who's playing some Super Mario Wonder, Wonder... on the fucking extra live stream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nate, you taking the Switch with you? Because you, I think you can play it in multiplayer online. <laughs> I am taking my Switch with me. Um, we'll we'll like see. I, said, I, rebuilt, I rebuilt my entire PC specifically so I could take it with me, and I'll be taking my Xbox as well. Oh, damn. Um, okay. I didn't know you were taking the Xbox, too. I mean, literally, my life is come home from work and play video games. So, <laughs> um, makes but sense. I, yeah. I, I want to be able to to keep in the know and play these things as they're coming out and so on and so forth. I mean, I'm only going to be over there for about two months at least to start. So, but, unless um, you love yeah. it, and then you decide to move there. Who knows, dude? At this point, <laughs> I I am dealing with so much stuff right now. I I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Super Mario Wonder. It looks great. So excited. So fun. Um. Ready for Mario to get weird again. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, news-wise, that's all I wanted to talk about. Was there anything you wanted to bring up? Uh, No, not really. I mean, one of the, the only thing I had on this list that I did delete just segues into another thing. <laughs> but um, I guess I'll just talk about this part of it. So everyone knows Starfield is out now. Um, people have been playing it. Uh, my only comment on so far is it's a very Bethesda-ass Bethesda game. Um, and that is to say, you kind of get what you expect from a Bethesda game in Starfield. Um, a lot of people have been comparing it, of course, to Skyrim, but it's a lot less like Skyrim and a lot less like Fallout. A lot of people have drawn 
compare since the Fallout because, of course, it's got guns in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Skyrim Flawless, like guns. those two games, and it kind of harkens back to the Oblivion formula with a little bit of the Skyrim level system thrown in. Um, there are two major complaints I really have about this game, and it has nothing to do with bugs or any of the normal Bethesda stuff. Um, it has to do with one mechanic that I hate in any video game I play, and that's encumbrance. Um, I hate encumbrance in video games. It's a dumb mechanic. It needs to go away. Um, does it kind of make sense in games like Baldur's Gate 3? Yes, but then you also have that unique thing where it's like, oh, I can just click one and then it, an item I have in my inventory, and literally send it to a store box in my camp, which it just stays in there forever for my entire playthrough. Um, and I can go to my camp at any time and retrieve that thing if I want it. Um, now, before you go away from that in mm, this, this mm, is one of the few times... I'm okay with it. It's good. It. It, it sounds weird, but the reasoning behind it is you are a normal person. Sure, mm-hmm. you have abilities. You know, you can. You, you're better with a gun. You're really good at sneaking mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit. Um, more importantly, you can make it so you can carry a lot more weight. One of the things specifically is your your carrying capacity. That's always been a thing in most of the Bethesda games, anyway. Um, but you have one companions always a good good person to just load throw your shit on but most mm-hmm. importantly you have a ship you can have multiple ships you can make your ship have more and more cargo space to carry all of this stupid shit that you have right. that is something and that this is why other other games fall out skyrim fuck that Especially Skyrim. You have magic. Why can't you just magically be like, carry everything? Where's my my uh, magic bag? Fuck that shit. Um, Starfield is kind of... Uh, I don't want to call it realistic. It is like trying to be as realistically a sci-fi as possible in most cases. Mm-hmm. We don't have talking alien people, unfortunately. That'd be cool. We didn't reach that point. Um <laughs> There's actually a mission specifically that I might bring up about that, but yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I support the, this is the only time that I think I've ever said this. (laughs) I support the uh, the over-encumbered thing in this game Mm -hmm. because of the quote-unquote realism in the fact that the game gives you a giant space-faring locker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's really all I want to say on that specific fact. Well, the I guess I only didn't support it because it's just limited. But anyway, the other thing that I do not like is the leveling system in this game at all. Um, really? So, when I level up, like when I level up in any game, period, if a game has levels to begin with, I expect to immediately be granted with some kind of extra power added to my character. More health, more stamina, more whatever, right? Um even works like this in 5th edition D&D. You level up, you have a certain amount of constitution that determines how many hit points you gain the next level, right? The problem with this game is that the leveling system is layered in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense from a gameplay and power-up perspective. You do gain levels normally by getting experience in this game, and you do get skill points. But those skill points can only be spent on an ability after you also complete a challenge for that ability. So, for example, my character has a background of being, like, a space smuggler, Mm -hmm. right? So I start with things like persuasion. I start with a pistol certification, which lets me use pistols better. Um, And I think I started with... I forget what the third skill I started with was, but anyway. 
Um, those skills, like, yes, I can level them up through gameplay and by, you know, you know, just gaining XP, but then I could only, say, rank up my pistol certification after I killed a certain number of enemies with pistols. I couldn't just do it with a skill point that I had already earned. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like I'm sitting here banking skill points, and then I've got to plan out my entire level up journey by making sure I complete these challenges first. And that seems a little tedious to me. That seems like it's hindering your progression quite a bit, where I would just like to have a skill point that I could spend. That's mm -hmm. what makes sense. Um, it's not game ruining in any sense of the word, but it does slow down that feeling of getting more powerful over time as you play more. See, this is so funny that... to me that your two <laughs> complaints are like things that I kind of like about this game. <laughs> Not like, obviously the over encumbrance is more of like, a, I accept it. I understand it. It makes more sense to me. I actually kind of like that. I like the idea of it being like, Hey, you're poor. If you want to pour points into this ability, make it so it's something you are using. Like, Hey, I want to be better at shooting a gun, but you only shoot people every now and then. If you yeah. are using that ability, I feel like you naturally, for the most part, hit those things. Um, well, like, for instance, I was specifically going back to Over Encumbrance. Uh, what that one, the progression for that that skill is, is to <laughs> run certain distances, sprint certain distances, distances mm -hmm. with at least like seventy five percent of your um, your carrying weight, weight yeah. on you. And I'm like, no, yeah, that makes sense. And in, in it makes sense in two ways. One, it makes sense in like, oh, you are using that ability. But it also makes sense in a, fuck, I hate that I'm calling it a real world situation where mm. you are training your body by running with a heavier weight, which makes you able to then carry more weight. Um, okay. Well, If you think of it in that way, what? What were you going to say? Well, no, I'm saying that, that that is true and you are right in a sense but it worked better in both Oblivion and Skyrim. And the reason it worked in those games is, for example, if I wanted to level up blocking in Skyrim, mm -hmm. I had to block a lot. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. But then after I blocked enough stuff, I just immediately got the skill point for the blocking skill. You're I didn't right. have to then I will go give you that. and complete you know, some kind of challenge of block X amount of strikes to get the next rank. Um, well, that's, that's the thing. The, you mm -hmm. technically did... You do, but, but you they don't. Do it. You don't see that. You yeah. don't see it it's, being like a hey to get this thing. You have to do this thing. Um, exactly. So it's it like a natural in that game. It's <laughs> weirdly like the same thing, just portrayed differently. And I understand why you wouldn't want it that way. Because um, that was that was also something I actually really enjoyed with Skyrim, and that's probably why I enjoyed that leveling system more than probably any other of Bethesda's games. Uh, is because that's like oh hey. What's the best way to learn how to get better at sneaking? Sneak fucking everywhere. What's the best way of... Sneak everywhere and sneak attack everything. Sneak, sneak in circles around a blind guy. That is horrible. Was that really a thing? That was a thing, right? So in, yes, the in first, Skyrim, You go into the first a, fucking cave? There's an area with a cave. I don't think it's the very first one, but there's a blind oh, guy no, in the it, cave. No, it is, it is the first cave you can okay, go to. It is the first cave. Well, there's a blind guy sitting in the cave. You can have some dialogue options with him. But because he's blind, he literally has zero perceptibility outside of hearing. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're not wearing heavy armor and you just sneak far enough away from him in circles, you can level up your sneak all the way to max inside this one cave. <laughs> uh, so the best part about that is um, 
so he has a book. In that game, he has a book. Uh, me, being the person I am in all Bethesda games, I come in, I'm sneaking, I see this guy, immediately take him out. I go over, <laughs> grab the book, and it's like, the Journal of Blind Bart, or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I kind of feel bad about this now. <laughs> it's like one of the few times I've ever felt bad about murdering someone right away. Um, take that out of context. Uh, on the other hand, who? So okay, let's. I'll let you finish your overall thoughts. Oh. Beyond the two main issues you have with this, how do you feel in general about the game? The game. I feel okay about it. Like I said, it's a very Bethesda ass Bethesda game, and one of those elements comes in the form of how the plot kicks off in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, like most Bethesda games you kind of are picked out as quote-unquote a chosen one kind of right out of the gate. Um, there's not a lot that happens before the event that throws you into the rest of the plot of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay in one sense because it does, you know, skip past a lot of extra fluff that doesn't need to be there, but it's also detrimental in the fact that suddenly everyone in this galaxy of billions and billions of people trust you to do a job that they really need done (laughs) um there are very few times where i've talked to you know a major npc in this game and they're like you know what no i actually want someone else to take care of this they're more qualified than you are it's very much like no you're the person who has to handle this now and i've always had that problem with bethesda games where no other character outside of yourself has a life they are all attached to you as the player character, every important decision they make, everything that they will do during the entirety, during the entirety of your existence is up to you. (laughs) Like you were deciding the fate of everyone else all the time. It was the same way. in even games I love like new Vegas, very much everyone entrusts you to get a job done. They have no one else willing to do that job. You're the only person capable of doing anything. Ever, period. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, feel, I feel like that's just a game issue in general, though. It, like, It is a game issue, but when games like, for example, Cyberpunk started boasting about NPCs sort of having their own daily routines and lives and things like that, even though Cyberpunk never accomplished that, never came close to accomplishing that, I would like to see more of that in games. I would yeah. like to see some more attention paid to, if you want a world to feel lived in, you have to have people that actually live in that world not just be set dressing for the character to dance around. Um, I don't think, and that's one of those things where I don't think it'll ever, uh, we might years from now maybe hit that, but I don't think that's something that is going to happen for at least a decade. Cause we had Ubisoft kind of had the same um, quote unquote <laughs> promise of people having lives outside of you seeing them and dealing with them with uh, yeah. the last um, watchdogs oh, game. games like watchdogs. Yeah. And I think we had that conversation of the people trying to follow them and be like, oh, let's see what they do when I'm not using that character, when I'm, I've am i switched back to somebody else. And it, oddly enough, this is the weirdest thing, uh, the best portrayal of that, while yes, they are characters that you play as, the three main protagonists of Grand Theft Auto V, mm-hmm. when you aren't 
being those characters, they are living their lives. They are doing things outside of you controlling them. You can swap out from one to the other, and they can be in the middle of doing something. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them are in the middle of doing something. You can meet them. Exactly. I was going to say you can. That was where it kind of broke down a little bit because they just are kind of there. Um, (laughs) They don't really interact correctly as you would. Um, Mm. But it is funny where you'd be like, "Oh, hey, I drove up, and oh, hey, there's there's so and so, there's Trevor, Trevor." And it's like, let me switch over to Trevor real quick, and you would literally be Trevor right there. It wouldn't be like Mm. Trevor's off somewhere else now. It's like, no, no, he was where you (laughs) saw him last. Um, and that's probably the closest we've gotten. Um, mm-hmm. I think the closest Bethesda has ever gotten to it in a lot of games, even games like Red Dead, for example. Um, the closest they've ever gotten is they focus very much on any shopkeeper NPC mm-hmm. in that the shop is open from these hours to these hours. And so when the shop closes, the NPC will leave and lock up the shop and go home and go to bed. And you can actually follow them and watch them do that. And then you know, in the morning when they're ready to open that shop again, they will leave their house, walk to their shop, and open it back up um, and start working. Yeah, That's like the closest they've ever gotten to it. But again, so many NPCs kind of just get lost as being set dressing, which is fine in one sense, but it doesn't give... It, they need to evolve that a bit. Yeah. Um, I just don't think... Maybe the technology is just not there yet to do that, um, especially if you want to saturate a world with NPCs and have, you know... 20 50 100 people on screen at the same time yeah um but at least you know put the rudimentary routines in them you know this person is up at this time of day they go to this coffee shop and then they go back home like that would at least be one step in the right direction hey even even uh villagers in minecraft go to bed (laughs) they have a they have a work life cycle uh, <laughs> yeah, until Chris shows up, and then they just don't have a cycle at all anymore. <laughs> no, I don't kill villagers. There, I've never killed a villager. No, sorry, <laughs> that's not true. I've never killed. I've never like gone out and been like, I'm gonna kill all the villagers. Um, I will take everything from their towns, sure, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I I am the creator on this world. This is now my world. Fuck you. It's all mine. Um, didn't you know Minecraft is just colonization? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) i mean other than other than what i've said so far about starfield i still think it's a game at least worth trying it's probably not going to be everybody's cup of tea um the space combat especially feels kind of as a tactical afterthought um just doesn't feel as good as it does in some other games that are like dedicated to that sort of flight yeah and and that's that's where Mm. it is like a it's acceptable it is an acceptable level of space combat well, when there are better <laughs> versions out there it's acceptable up to the point you learn how to break it um i found this out from a youtube clip um someone found out how to build quote unquote the perfect ship Ooh, and this is because they found out they paid attention and observed some things Enemy ships you were fighting in space will always target the center of your ship. They never specifically target any part of your ship. Mm-hmm. Later on, you can unlock that ability to start targeting different systems of enemy ships. Ooh. But they never target any systems on your ships. And so, they will always fire for the center of your ship. There's a way in Starfield you can build a ship that doesn't have a center. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. And so, someone did this. It looks like an absolute abomination because it's basically a giant floating lattice in the space. But um, they will shoot directly through the ship without hitting anything. <laughs> Uh, the the one last thing I did mean to ask you: How long have you played? How much 
time have you put into the game so far? So I've put, I want to say, close to maybe six hours into the game. Okay. And that, for this game, is not a lot. Oh, no. God, no. Yes, the game is dense, but that density comes from a lot of slow burn quest lines. Um, There's a quest line I've been doing on Mars, which is a whole lot of running back and forth to locations and picking things up for people and setting certain things up. And that does make you feel like you're part of something larger, like you're actually plotting and scheming and trying to get a thing done. But a whole lot of it is this sort of, hey, fly over here real quick and then fly immediately back to where you were to go tell the person you did the thing. Yeah. Now, mind Um, you, this is a game that takes place 300 years in the future. Why can't I just, like, send a communication over and tell that guy I did the thing so that way... The next objective I have to go to isn't interrupted by me going back to talk to the same NPC well, five times. They, yeah, you gotta talk to people. Don't trust you if you're on the phone. They they want to talk to you in person. Um, I just I my the most fun in the game I've had is saving right before I got like into Mars proper and seeing that days without incident counter and purposely resetting it to zero. <laughs> I won't yeah. tell you how I did that, but you can do it. <laughs> you can just shoot somebody, right? Um, you just go in a murder spree. Yeah. So I probably, maybe a little bit more time than that, I tweeted about this, or posted about this in general, Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat this game. Um, I want to. I want to beat this game so badly because of the fact that I've seen so many people that I trust in games media talk about that as good of a game is, as good as the game is up until credits... Mm-hmm. the new game plus and everything beyond credits is what makes this game incredible. Um, okay. Well, that's interesting to even see there's a new game. Plus. Oh, sir. Uh, <laughs> Greg Miller specifically from kind of funny um, on a recent podcast was talking about the fact that he was on new game plus five there. I have not looked into this. I have not looked into this. I have not looked into anything. I have not spoiled anything for myself, but there must be something about this game after (laughs) Endgame that makes it so much different and play so much more freely. Um, So the problem is, part of me wants to mainline this shit. Get through the quest quest line as fast as I can. But because it's me, I can't do that, Nate. Uh, I see shiny thing and go to it. I'm in the same boat. I have rolled credits on literally a single Bethesda game in my lifetime. And that was Fallout 3. Oh, really? Oh, you know what? I did 3 too. I didn't do any other. Oh, no, no. 4. I did 4 like 5 times. The problem with the other games, 4 especially, is bad with this. Is after a certain point, you kind of get locked into a course of action. Mm-hmm. And for me, it almost never feels like the course of action I wanted to take. But the game doesn't really give me a whole lot of hints that I'm going in that direction. Um, the other games, like New Vegas, for example, is I'm just mired in choices. Mm-hmm. And all the consequences for those choices will be bad. <laughs> um, and so because of my general anxiety period, I get to a point in these games where it's like, I just don't want to make a decision anymore. I just wanted to keep doing what I was doing, which is go around the entire map, take odd jobs from people, go like kill a few mole rats and then come back and get some money for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So Starfield for me, like I said, maybe I, I'll give myself maybe 10 hours. Maybe. Um, does that mean I progress very far? No. 
uh, I think the last main story, the the only story mission that I've gotten to, or the most recent story mission I got to, was literally just doing the quest with Cobb. Cobb? Cobb. The mm-hmm. cowboy bitch. Um, did you did you did you do that one? No, I have okay. literally been on Mars is the second planet in the entire game you exit you visit. Oh, is Mars been... the one that you do with Sarah? Yes. Oh, so you go to Mars okay. first with Sarah, and then they tell you that this other guy is you know actually around Venus now. Um, and I haven't even gone to Venus yet. I've just been doing quest on Mars because a wow. lot of them seem simple. Like one of them was. Hey, go find this cargo ship. Go find out what happened to my cargo. Another one was, hey, fly back and forth to all these different places. Talk to all these people. And eventually I got a note that was like, hey, you have now an opportunity to blackmail the governor of Mars. See, (laughs) then I'm proud of myself. I literally went in, talked to the one person I had to talk to on Mars, and went to the other one. Venus. And that's that's still a valid way to play the game. Well, I'm just more amazed that I actually... So basically the main reason I did it was because I heard that Sarah's a piece of shit and super boring and not the greatest character to be with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me get through her quest as fast as I can so I don't have to, because she is she locked is, in with you. She has been quite one note up to this yeah. point in the game. <laughs> um, and I mean, it, we're not far into it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why this is early impressions. Um, so I am currently on a mission. I don't, I think it's one of the main, yeah, it's, I think it's a main story mission that I have to go out to one one system that I haven't been to before, which means I have to travel to two other systems to get to it. Um, I accidentally clicked on the wrong system, ended up by another planet, got a communication being like, hey, we need help. Saw a space uh, system, or a, what's the thing called? Ship. Mind blank. Mm -hmm. Just floating out there. Tried to hail it, no response, had some crackly little noises. I'm like, oh, I can just board this ship. I forgot that that's just a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Got there, got on. Just, uh, and this is minor spoilers for a, a quest. Uh, it's a quest that seems to be, I've been seeing people talk about a lot. Um, basically, it is a ship filled with people that have left Earth. But technically not. Because they are people that have left Earth that have continued to reproduce over and over generationally on this ship. Um, so it's basically like, hey, we are 100% human from Earth. Everything that was Earth is us. We laid claim to this planet before we left Earth. It's mm-hmm. ours. Somebody else is there. Can you help us talk to them kind of thing? Uh in general, didn't like the vibe of these people. Obviously, you see where this <laughs> might be going. I did not. I did not murder them individually. What happened was, I went down to the planet. Planet? It's like this resort planet. Vacation paradise. Par- I think it's literally called Paradiso is the place. Um, <laughs> you have to talk to the, the people in charge. People in charge? Fucking assholes. I hated them. But still, they were upfront about their assholeness. So I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> what are my three options? Okay, I can have them become indentured servants to you. I'm like, that's fucked up. Uh, I can pay for them to have a, a grav drive because their ship is old um, mm-hmm. and doesn't have one. And I'm like, but they want me to pay for it out of pocket. I'm like, I don't have that kind of money to share. Uh, I have to buy books for this kid. Um <laughs> 
you'll find out what that what that is in in reference to later. Um, and the third option is, you know, make them disappear. Um, so I found <laughs> out I can easily make them disappear. Uh, I blew up their ship by overloading their reactor core. Um, best part, best part. This is where I'm going to be put on a list, and I know that we're already on a list. We've talked about this before. <laughs> Nate, what is something that I always complain about that I can't do in base Bethesda games? Kill children. Kill children. (laughs) 1,000%, you can't kill children. You blow up Megaton in Fallout 3, the only people that still are alive, if you ignore the zombie, are the two kids. (laughs) Um, No, wait. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I personally went around and killed every single person in that town individually so that maybe they do die when you bomb it i don't remember that just seemed like a boring option so he shot every single one of them um (laughs) when you blow up oh i found out on this ship because i didn't explore the ship i didn't fucking care about these people fucking star trek riff off rip off bitches um (laughs) i found out there's there's literally a classroom full of children on this ship uh so i find that out afterwards i'm like oh i finally done the impossible (laughs) (laughs) uh but from what i hear and what i looked into it it doesn't really matter what your decision is it sucks no matter what um i mean the first child i encounter literally the very first child you encounter in this game just to test it out i saved my game and i shot the child (laughs) were they okay Perfectly okay. Like, he had never even seen a gun or a bullet in his entire life. He starts running away from me. Mm-hmm. And I notice as I'm aiming over him, he still has a health bar, but then his health bar isn't taking any damage. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I'm level two, killed, like, six level 12 security guards in that time. <laughs> but I cannot kill a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, so so far, so far, it's like kind of like you call it a Bethesda Bethesda game. It is a game that I am I am enjoying, um, but it does not have its hooks in me yet, um, which is why there are some other games on this list that I played. Uh, now, uh, to be honest, two of them that are on here I already played before. Um, I also just went back to Minecraft more. But I also played uh, a little bit of another one that I forgot to put on here. So let me just type it in so I don't forget. Just the first one, not the second one. That's not how you spell principle, but I'll leave it there anyway. Um, anyway, besides Starfield, Nate, uh, I'm actually going to take this off because I played it before. I finally, after owning it since release, uh, played through Viewfinder, which, if you remember, if you have not seen it, it is a puzzle game where you basically... No, God damn it. Um, <laughs> where you basically use uh, photographs and pictures and paintings to adjust and change and alter the world around you to get through worlds and fix puzzles and all that fun stuff. Um, it's really weird... At first, you think it's one thing, and then it is a completely different thing uh, that resulted in me almost in tears because I realized that there is you can't make decisions beyond a certain point. And it's not even that you can make a decision. There are no, There is no other way to end this game. It is a go through it beat by beat. You cannot make a decision on how, this change, how the world changes. Um, 
So you have to do the thing that, in my my case, made me almost cry. Um, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it. It is not the most difficult puzzle game. They do have challenge worlds that I have not gone through yet. I want to go back through. I think I played like one or two. Got one. The other one, I'm like, huh? Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. I just realized how to do it. Sorry, I just remembered one of the puzzles, and my brain just figured out how to finish it. I played this game two weeks ago, Nate. Uh- <laughs> 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 ah, my brain is fucking weird. Um, anyway, yeah, Viewfinder, highly recommend. It's really fun puzzle game, really enjoyable story. You get to, they have, obviously you can play just like surface level story, it's another one that, like, if you really want to know everything that's going on in the story behind what is really going on, there's plenty of little audio logs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I believe it's it's on Steam. I believe it's like $20. Uh, I think was this was not a Devolver game. I don't think. There's too many games, Nate. Why do games game? Um, nope, that's not what I meant. Come on, Jesus Christ. Windows 11, I fucking hate you sometimes. You make no sense. Sorry. Uh, let me double check if you find her on Steam. Oh, Thunderful. I also like Thunderful Games. Thunderful Games is great. Um, Sad Al Studios is the developer. Uh, let's see what if they've done anything I can recommend previously. Uh, looks like, no, it looks like it's just this. So good for them. <laughs> um, they are a Scottish company. Um, I say that specifically because there is currently a Scottish game sale. So, it is $24.99. It's not on sale. That's really confusing why it would be under the list of Scottish game sale. But whatever. Um, see, so yeah, if you want to pick it up. It's over there on the, on the the uh, the the stem. Um, it's also, I believe, if not already, it is coming to PlayStation. Um, oh God, some of these games is quite terrifying. Uh, also on sale, just because I want to bring, I would bring attention to it. Uh, Observation, as well as Untold Stories, or sorry, Stories Untold, Stories Untold horror game. Observation, not a horror game. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> I'm lying. That one is the horror game, too. Both of them are horror games. Uh, there's also a game called Temple of Snick. <laughs> Temple of Snick. Temple of Snick. <laughs> um, but yeah, check some check some games out while you can, while they're on the sales. Uh, but mostly, check out Viewfinder. I highly recommend it. It was only, I think Viewfinder was one of the um, many, many games that we added to both of our wish lists from... Yes. <laughs> from... Uh, Devolver, not Devolver, uh, from Wholesome Direct. Yes, uh, yes. Finder looked very interesting. Yeah, um, definitely check it out. a game that I probably cannot play. <laughs> um, other game I played, kind of in preparation because the sequel is coming soon, is something that I had started at one point. I found it, I realized that after I started it up again, because it said, do you want to continue your file? And I'm like, no, because that was played so long ago, I don't even remember playing it. Um, but I started up the Talos Principle, the first one. Um, 
another puzzle game. So, Nate, this is not a game for you either. Uh, <laughs> I will say it's not a game for you because even I, in some of the, like, the fourth level, fourth or fifth level, fifth level, hit a point where I'm like, I'll have to come back to this puzzle. You don't have to finish all the puzzles in run one run. It is more like a open, like, you have eight stages on the first level. And it's like, okay, there are puzzles within, puzzles within... And then you can kind of pick and choose if you have a hard time, but then you eventually have to come back to unlock uh, progression. Um, mm-hmm. But it's fun. It is weird. Uh, it's trying to tell you a story while you're doing these puzzles, but I'm very disconnected from that. Um, I tried to do pay attention to it for a little bit, but then I hit a point. That's why I'm I made it through as much One Piece in the last couple of days as I have. Because uh, I just had that playing while I was playing puzzle games, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I am excited to see this next game because that next game looks great. Uh, it looks like they've they've kind of expanded the world a little bit more. Um, but this first game, it really it it feels like I don't know how to. It reminds me of that puzzle game where you're on the island not the watcher the looker is it the watch is it the watcher i don't know no hold on island puzzle game the witness um yeah uh, it, it reminds me of The Witness, which itself is actually inspired by Mist to begin with, but uh, it is very much like... The the Witness, I think, does a better job at its storytelling because you have to seek out the storytelling. Um, this one is a little bit more... It's being fed to you by the by an, uh, by a um, narrator, almost, but it's, he's basically like a god within this program, almost. I don't know. Uh, you, you, while you're running around through the worlds, you see little glitches happening around you. So you're like, okay, maybe this isn't the greatest programmed thing. Um, as in like, you know, mm-hmm. purposefully, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's fun. I like puzzle games. I like not mindless puzzle games, but I like a puzzle game that like balances that you can multitask while playing this game. This isn't a like portal portal. You have to be in, you have to be paying attention to play portal. Um, yeah, you have to be paying attention to play viewfinder, especially because there's timed levels. Um, <laughs> the entire fucking end of the game is literally like a speed run almost. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I definitely recommend it. It is on. Uh, actually, is it? I for a second I thought it was on Game Pass, but it might not be. <laughs> Let us uh, check. I think Talos Principle, if it's not on Game Pass, now. Talos Principle. Nope, not on Game Pass. It was on Game Pass at one point. It is now just for sale. Uh, it's $29.99 on Xbox. Um, it is. Yeah, twenty nine ninety nine on PC as well. Um, there's also, I just realized, there's a VR version. I did not know that. Uh, there's also DLC, which I don't know if I will play that. 
depending on how fast I get through this and how much I enjoy the entire game, um, I might do that. But I, I am excited for the second one. Um, it's supposed to be coming out later this year. If it doesn't, I'm okay with that. Let games mm. take as much time as they need. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I don't know. Oh, I just need to get back to fucking... I gotta get back to, into Starfield. I gotta mainline that shit. <laughs> gotta mainline <laughs> it so I can uh, see what this whole New Game Plus is all about, man. Well, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, the fact that a Bethesda game even has a New Game Plus is, is different. Than any yeah, of their other games. Because like in Fallout in the Fallout games, you can hit credits and continue playing. But it's not like you continue playing and doing it. It's not like more to the world that's then opened up. It's just and now that you've finished the game, you can do other things. You can do the other things that you didn't get around to. Just mm-hmm. explore more. So Yeah. I mean, no, it's it's interesting. I know that well, of course I've been playing Armor Core six. Um the boss I couldn't beat on the night I was streaming it because I both had streaming issues and issues just beating that boss in general. It's a, not an easy boss to beat. None of the bosses in this game are easy. Um, I did eventually beat, but um, it's got, I think, two runs of New Game Plus on it that are literally called New Game Plus and New Game Plus Plus. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and a lot of it brings back features from older Armor Cores. Like, you get an extra arena again. You get... Um, of course, access to all the parts you had before. Um, but there are also, from what I've heard, three different endings as well to the game, um, depending on decisions you make during some key missions. Okay. So, interesting to see those, those occur. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always worth it for games, I think, at least if they have enough runtime or have enough things to upgrade and do in those games to have new game pluses in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it adds, of course, replayability automatically for the fact that you're going to play the game again with all the stuff you had before, but also if any of it comes with a chance to discover new things or unlock more power-ups or whatever it may be, that's always worth it as well, and that's why it works so well for games like Dead Space in the past, for example, Resident Evil. Well, um, so I do know for one thing uh, what happens by when you hit new game plus is mm-hmm. you basically get to the point in in Starfield that you can unlock everything. You can hit max every skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really fun thing to do because I think even in, in Fallout games there's a max level cap, right? Yeah. Well, there's, there's max level caps in those games, absolutely. But again, by the time you even hit max level cap in a lot of Bethesda games, you are essentially a demigod. Yeah. Like, you cannot be, be fucked with at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, a lot of these Bethesda games in the past have tried to do this thing where it's like, oh, well, we'll level up the enemies with you. Everything will just scale to your level automatically because they wanted you the ability to go anywhere and do anything at any time. In in one in one case, that makes sense, but in other cases, it doesn't. Like, Death Claws, for example, are tough at every level in Fallout. Um, and so you never really get that feeling of like, hey, I'm actually more powerful the things I'm taking on until I hit this point where I have every skill in the game or have skills so maxed out that I'm so proficient in this one thing that like one hit from it will kill everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's how it was for me in Skyrim when I maxed out like two-handed weapons and heavy armor. I was basically invincible and hit like a goddamn truck. So, <laughs> um, like, I'm out there one-shotting everything and still, like, these bandits in their scruffy leather armor with their shitty iron weapons are like, you shouldn't have come here. And I'm like, did you not just see me, like, immediately take three heads off in one strike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Nate, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before... We head out for the night. No, I don't think so. Um, I think it's time for our favorite part of every podcast. <gasps> no context recommendations. <laughs> so I went first last time. What's your no context recommendation this time? You're making me go first? <laughs> yeah, I am I making you first. I don't think you know this, Nate. I come up with it on the fly every single fucking time. Should, should we roll for initiative? Is that how we should do this now? Do you, oh, we can do that. All right. All right. Hold on. Let my me. Nice bag. It's not in my room, so I'm gonna roll this digitally. Roll a d twenty. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I'm rolling now. What did you get? No. You tell me first. I got a three. Oh fuck yeah! I got scared with my eight. <laughs> 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 well, you're still going first. Have fun. Wait, no, that that's ah oh, fuck. You're it's right. Initiative. Damn it. D&D rules. You go first. Ah, damn it. I didn't think about that. I don't play D and D enough. I recommend you shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go back to something that I deleted. Um, I'm I'm going to recommend a short hike. Uh, yeah, that's it. One thousand percent recommending a short hike. Okay. Well, my no context recommendation comes from my newest favorite mangaka ever, who has three whole things out right now and just finished one. Um, this is their newest project, but it's called Being Targeted by Hyena Chan. What the fuck, Nate? And that's that's all you're getting. <laughs> what the fuck, Nate? <sighs> Guys, he's recommending porn again. Uh, I'm not recommending <laughs> porn. This is not porn. Mm-hmm. It is porn adjacent for certain people with certain proclivities. Nate, you got those proclivities? <laughs> I got them proclivities. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nate, in case it's a while before I talk to you again, thank you, thank you for thank you for being here. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I will continue to be here as much as. Yeah. Well, in case, just to put it out there, have fun, be safe. Uh, as always, if you like what we do, you can follow us on all the social media. Just search Space Time Taco. You can find me everywhere at Time Lord Burrito. You can find him on Instagram? On Instagram. Threads? Not Maybe. Really. Eh, you can make it so it posts to both anyway. At a little teapot eighty nine, Nate. Guess what? Your Instagram has the eighty nine. It was your Twitter <laughs> that doesn't have the eighty nine. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, if you would like to support all this stupidity and love and care that we put into the world, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you can support us directly on patreon.com dot com slash spacetime taco. Uh, Kofi link. 
somewhere. Um, it's not convenient to say, Nate. Uh, you can always subscribe to us over on Twitch. Remember, your Amazon Prime gives you Twitch Prime, gives you one free subscription every month that you have to re-up every month for some reason. Every other subscription service is like, hey, you subscribe to us and we're not going to remind you that you have to pay us money. We'll just keep doing it. But Amazon Prime is like, oh, hey, you wanted to subscribe to that person? Keep doing it. Remind yourself that you don't have, you, you, you didn't keep that subscription consistently. Normally, this is where Nate's like, I have, I forgot to re up to the subscription. So let me, no, click no, on I that. did that earlier during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Nate won't be here, unfortunately. We're going to see if maybe he can be here digitally. Um, but we are to less than two months. No, we are almost exactly two months away from Extra Life. So come out, hang out on the internet. Or if you actually know me in person, you can come over. I support that too. Bring me food. I'll probably need it. Or give me time for a nap. Um, but watch us play video games, having fun, and help raise money for sick kids. Uh, and yeah, you know, just keep being you. Keep being wonderful. Pay fucking writers and actors in me in <laughs> employees of any kind of job what they're worth not what you think they're worth what they're actually worth go fuck yourself CEOs you don't need all that money what do you need eight fucking yachts for is it are you worried that the whales are gonna knock over two of them they are they stop should. putting more into the water maybe you should mm -hmm. knock over next maybe go on a submarine tour I don't know. Go inside and play video games. <laughs> <laughs>